0: Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this, Mass Movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, Mass Movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Hello boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Geekerama. Uh <laughs> We've made it to 12 of these things, which seems quite incredible to me But anyway, let's kick off this episode with a track, shall we? This is Possessor with Twisted Nerve Endings It's taken from Speed of Death, which is out now on APF Records And it is a blinder, so strap in, hold on tight This is Possessor
1: no society with a Christian background appears to the boys, committed Christians. And I say, what on earth went wrong? How if it can happen to these sort of chaps. oh goodness knows, uh, what's gonna happen to even more vulnerable people? Hmm.
2: be doing it to the beat of a different drum. Heavy metal music. Rock show,
0: this One has been staged at the Jackson Optimist, fortunately, it was originally supposed
1: to happen in Detroit, this was share some people in Jackson concerned the group promotes satanic worship. What
2: can city commissioners do when a death fest comes to town? Not much, it seems. Yeah.
0: that was Possessor with (laughs) Twisted Nerve Endings which is taken from the Speed of Death mini LP which is out now on APF Records right moving swiftly on Uh, let's talk about the first book of this episode which is Cult of Dracula published by Sourcepoint Press and it's taken from the twisted imagination of Rich Davis Uh, it's basically his retelling of the Dracula legend Um, it involves cults the Midwest all sorts of bloodletting gore and Twisted Mystery. Um and it's really kinda cool. Uh it casts a different figure in the central role. Um this time to uh taking its cue from the, the the myth of Lilith. Um and it really, really, really works. Uh the payoff isn't quite what I wanted it to be, but you know, the art and the uh the story make up for what's qu- well in Be honest, it's quite a lackluster ending, but um, it doesn't really matter because the book itself is just gorgeous, the story is fantastic. I just wish there'd been a little more drive at the ending. Um, but apart from that, it's a great read, it's out now on Source Point Press, so you can pop into your local comic book store, say, I demand Cult of Dracula by Rich Davis, and they'll have to listen to you and serve it up. So, yep. That's Cult of Dracula by Rich Davis out, uh, on Source Point Press. It's out now, so go grab it. Right, now that we've done that, let's have another track, shall we? Um, this track's by Tokyo Lungs. It's called Out Cold. It's from their self-titled 7-inch, which was originally released, I believe, a couple of years ago on uh, domestic, domestic records. But it's just been repressed and repackaged. It looks gorgeous. So this is Tokyo Lungs and Out Cold. Tokyo lungs without cold, uh, which is on domestic records. Um, yeah, goddamn, that was pretty cool. Huh? So, um, on the end of that tr- blazing hardcore, I think it's time we talked about the new book from my old mate Alexandros Um It's called "We Can Be the New Wind." It's just been published by Earth Island Records, and wow, it's uh, yeah, it's it's like an eighties HC and punk rock scene as wet dream. Um, this has been a real labour of love by by Alex, and you know it's it's taken a couple of years to come to fruition. But God, it is it's absolutely worth it. Um, he's interviewed over 160 bands. The book's like over 800 pages, and includes everyone from the Rites of Spring to the Hard Arms, from Seven Seconds to Pagan Babies, and just every other band you can imagine in between. Uh, it's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. It, it, it's to me it's it's the new scene bible if you were there in the 80s if you were part of the scene you're going to need this book quite literally it's it's a tell-all history you know it's our oral history it's it's who we were who we are seen from every band's perspective it's just incredible um it's even got an intro by uh somebody else i spoke to a while back mike jitter um and there was a time when I was going to write the intro, I guess uh, one thing or another happened and Mike volunteered his services. And to be honest, he's done a better job than I could have done. Um, and yeah, this book, it's just mind-blowingly good. Alex, my brother, you did it, man. You, you literally created one of the definitive punk rock books. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm still waiting my way through it. And I guess I'll be reading it on and off for the next four or five months. It's just a brilliant coffee table, punk rock book. Um, like I said, if you're there in the '80s, you need this book. It is that simple. On that note, um, and <laughs> praising Alex, so well, I'd say on that note, I mean, you gotta you're gonna head over, you're gonna have to head over to Earth Island Books and and pick this up. Um, just type in Earth Island on Google Book on on Google, and it'll take you straight to Earth Island Books, and you can order it. Uh, it's called "We Can Be the New Wind." It's by Alexandra Sanasiades, and you need to read it now. So, let's have another track, shall we? Um. This is a band called Swamp Coffin. The track's called Your Problem. It's taken from their Flat Cap Bastard Features uh, record, which is, again, on APF Records. It's another skull crusher, and it is going to turn you inside out. So, again, sit down, strap yourselves in. This is Swamp Coffin. a Marvel kid always have been always will be. Um so it's only fitting that part of this show always ends up talking about Marvel books. Um and lately I well lately uh, in the last couple of weeks I I read uh Winter Guard Operation Snowblind which is uh <laughs> wow it's um a sort of retelling of the Red Guardian and White Widow mission that took the Winter Guard and the Avengers to the brink of war. Um, it's basically the precursor to the superhero Cold War that's sort of dominating the Avengers and Winter Guard books at the moment. Um, it's about Alexi's search for the truth, which will set him and what he believes are a massive group of distance free from the clutches of the state and tell the truth about what the state did to them in their pursuit of Finding the next Captain America, albeit the Russian version. Uh, yeah, it's it's hell of a tale. Um, Ryan Cady wrote it, and John Basil Dewar, uh, gave it, well, well, it was responsible for the art. Um, and they've made a heck of a book. They really have. They've created a, one of these sort of stories that captures the essence of the country that it's based in, as well as the sort of pers- personality of the team that it features uh it's all about intrigue and espionage and nothing what it seems to be in this story uh it's yeah heck of a book um it's published by marvel so yeah pop along to your local comic book store pick it up now that's winter guard operation Snowblind, and yeah it is a doozy as we like to say around these parts okay uh let's move swiftly on then shall we to Amazing Screw-On Head and Other Curious Objects by Mike Mignola. Um, You know, it's no secret that I'm a massive Mike Mignola fan. Always have been. Um, And this is sort of his take on the strangest sort of pub stories you could ever imagine, like heroes whose heads are screwed on and were employed by Abraham Lincoln to uh, combat undead professors who just want to conquer the world by using ancient magical objects it's full of wizards demons lo- love despair monstrously good fun and yeah that's all it is it's just monsterifically good of course it is. It's mike mignola it's one of those books um that you're gonna love it's because he is the master of four color horror um it's a little off the beaten track if you're used to what mignola does with uh hellboy um but don't let that dissuade you from writing it, because you know there's more to Mike than the Red Right-Handed Doom, and there's more to his universe, the Mignolaverse, if you will, than the BPRD. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good introduction to the things he does outside of Big Red. Um, I guess as I said, it's just weird, weird, strange pulp fun with a slightly blackly comedic horrific edge to it um but yeah it's published by dark horse books that's the amazing screw on head and other curious objects uh it's available now so go grab it on that note let's have another track shall we uh right this is utopia by utopia which is taken from their stalker record um that af apf records are about to issue on vinyl at the end of this month again it's a bit of a head twister so Yeah, you might want to grab yourself a cup of coffee and prepare yourselves for this track. This is Utopia and Utopia. All right, that was Utopia with Utopia, uh, taken from their Stalker LP, which is about to be issued on vinyl by APF, APF Records. Um, again, onto on to more books and onto more, more Marvel delicacies. This is, uh, so I'm now going to talk about Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe, um, in which the hero from one of Marvel one of the MCU's latest films, um, battles to turn the criminal empire that he inherited from his father. Into something more while fending off the machinations of his family and his disbelieving friends and colleagues in the superhero community. Uh, it's an interesting take on the idea of atonement and redemption and it kind of focuses on the way those closest to you can ruin the best laid plans of Man and Shang. Uh, again, it looks fantastic and the story is wonderful. I mean, Jin, as a Jin Yuan Yang um he's sort of got the whole 70s retro golden harvest thing going on at the same time as he's but he's dragged it into the 21st century it's just a really really good Shang-Chi book um and if you like the film you're gonna love this uh yeah you're gonna know have to know a little bit about Shang-Chi about the mythology of the character and, and the history and the canon uh, and his place within the in, in in the four color universe, but apart from that, it's you know you can really read it dry. I wouldn't suggest you do, but you can. The um, Quran uh, supplied the artwork, and he I don't know where him and Jean met, but you know they've become a creative dream team. It's a book that's really going places, and it's just gathering steam with every single issue. I highly recommend it. Um, I think everybody should read it. I really do. It's just, yeah, it's a great book. Well, on that note, let's move on to something else, shall we? Uh, Another book, another day, another book, another dollar, and all that kind of nonsense. This is, um, I'm going to talk about The Mighty Nine Origins. Uh, Caleb Windegast, which is the latest Critical Role book. Uh, published by Dark Horse. It's written by Jody Houser and Matthew Mercer and Liam O'Brien from Critical Role themselves uh, with art by Selena Esperita. Yeah, my goodness, this is a really... <laughs> this will knock you for six. Um, it's the tale of a true believer who was, was used by the system and then cast aside after committing an absolutely horrific crime because he doesn't fit in with what they want from him from then on. Um... And that sort of begins his journey to discover his own magical power and who he really is. Uh yeah, it's 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 sort of a coming of age story about a character who's obviously gonna play a big role in the Mighty Nine, or or already does play a big role in the Mighty Nine. It's a must-have for any D&D player, it really is. Um I, it's an emotional roller coaster of a book. It's and it is absolutely dripping in detail, both artistic and literary. And it's, yeah, I highly recommend it. So, again, add that to your pull list at your local comic book store. That is the Mighty Nine Origins, uh, Caleb Windergast. It's published by Dark Horse, and you can grab it now. Right then, uh, let's have another track, shall we? This is Desert Storm. The track is called Black Bile. It's taken from their Romans album on APF, and they'll be playing at a town near you soon. They're about to head out on a UK tour as I'm recording this. Um, who knows how far into it they'll be by the time you actually get to hear this, and I hope you've got to see them. So, yeah, Desert Storm, Black Bile, get ready for musical destruction. That was Desert Storm with Black Bile. Let's move on. To the last book for uh, this episode of the show, sweet. It's the with uh, the latest Witcher story, which is Lament by Barasos. I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Barasos uh, with art by Vanessa Rl R Del Rey, um, and it's yeah, it's um. It's one of those stark stories that you need to be prepared for before you go into reading it. Uh, it casts Geralt, a brutal tale of man's inhumanity to women, and the fury of just revenge. It's it's not an easy read, but it's one you really need to read because it put, puts Geralt in, a, in one of those situations where he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't, um, which, again, is usual for the Witcher. Uh, and the outcome of the book proves what I've always known. And that is basically folks, that men are pigs. Um, artistically it's brilliant. It just looks gorgeous. And the dude whose name I can't pronounce the author, and I apologize wholeheartedly, uh, tells one hell of a story. Um, if this doesn't break your heart, I don't know what will. It is literally one of those things that rends and tears at your soul from the minute it starts to the minute it ends. Um, it's powerful stuff. That's The Witcher, which is Lament. It's published by Dark Horse. So once again, it's another title to add to your pull list. Right then, um, I figure it's time for another tune. Uh, so what should we play? I don't know. Let's go back to domestic records, shall we? Um, this is Botch Toe. The track is called Black Dog. It's taken from their False Glimmer of Hope record uh, album on well as we've already said domestic it's out now so you can go grab it by popping along to their band camp and laying some bucks down this is a blinder get ready folks this is botched toe. All right, to wind this episode up, I uh <laughs> thought I'd play an interview. I caught an old mate of mine called Buffy. Um we sort of spent our wasted youth hanging around TJ's. Um and Buff's life took him in a completely different direction to most people. Uh so I thought I'd figure I'd catch up with him. So uh we talk about his past musical endeavours, my past musical endeavors, military life, uh the scene and his musical future. So stick around, listen to Buffy, because, you know, you're going to fall in love with a guy everybody does. He is literally one of the punkest people I've ever met in my life. They don't get much more hardcore than Buffy. So, Mr. Buff, take it away.
1: <laughs> hang on a minute. Let me put this on boom. Oh, hang on. <laughs> That's my turn not to be able to use
0: this. <laughs> oh, jeez. We uh, are a couple of technological retards, brother. All
1: right, tell me about it. And if I speak into the phone, that should be a little bit easier. So,
0: how's it going? All right, brother, how are you keeping?
1: Yeah, oh well, I suppose uh, I'm feeling my age, so... Um, <laughs>
0: Hey, we no, we seriously
1: lockdown there's been like two, two you know it, I, at first I was, I was doing fuck all yeah so uh, work got very quiet I run my own business and uh, it got very quiet but luckily it picked back up again and uh, I was kicking around not doing a huge amount um, but you know I was at uh, 44 in September and uh, things have started going wrong for the first time ever
0: oh Dolly's 50 <laughs> I'm 50, so this, I'm 50 this year right <laughs>
1: You're 50. I'm
0: going fifty this yeah. year, like fifty in August, man. Wow. Well, I, I see. I didn't. We didn't. Think we'd make it like, this far, brother.
1: I, I, well, I snap. I'm. You know. It, it, and I haven't had kids or anything like that, so I'm still a big child myself. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I. I just. You know. I. I don't know where the time's gone. If I'm being honest, it's just like. <laughs>
0: five minutes ago that, you know, we were kicking around in TJ's. I know, mate, I know. All in, all crazy, in the in Arsenal van to Dudley, like. And then now, yeah. for a couple of broken-down old men. So then, <laughs> Buffy, tell me about your geekiest secret. Uh, What's your geekiest pleasure, mate?
1: It's one of them, isn't it, that I... I was probably a lot more geeky when we were kids. As in, not probably, but hugely <laughs> more geeky. So um, it's now all a little bit less
3: it's right. more
1: accepted, isn't it? So, you know, yeah. I was really into my role-playing games, um, tabletop, uh, even laughing, you know, running around dressed up as an orc.
0: Oh, mate, that's it's awesome. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really, yeah, I... So we, we did a lot of that, you know, like uh, role-playing game-wise, we were really into all the White Wolf stuff. Oh, okay. So we had, um, you know, Werewolf, The Apocalypse, Vampire, The Masquerade. I even, I remember going with a mate of mine because we never took it particularly seriously. It was a good, good way to dress up and get get pissed. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember going to Cardiff and they were, it, and it was, uh, well, they had a, they had a, a whole they had a series of books for it. It was... Um, Live action Vampire the Masquerade, it's like yeah. black theatre or something like that. And I, I went with an audience, and uh, it was just absolutely full of goths. It was, it was incredible. You were know, like, "You've got to be shitting me! It's so obvious!" <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and that... uh, it was upstairs in the goat major or something like that. It was hilarious.
0: Like shooting fish in a barrel, mate. Goth the masquerade, you know?
1: Well, you know, it was and and. It, clearly they were all just a little bit narcissistic. <laughs> so, you know, we just had a laugh at it. Uh, but I can't, I do remember that. It was like, for me, it was always just about having fun. Um, but there were a lot of people who I think didn't do a lot in their yeah. mainstream, you know, in their daily life and lived out their fantasies by <laughs> a sort of like friend, which was, uh, which was funny. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I was really into the tabletop stuff, so like Warhammer, 40k, space marines, and all that. Which, uh, which you know, I still read a bit of a bit of that literature from time to time if I if I want to really turn off and uh, just this, you know escapism sort of literature, sci-fi. Um, I managed to rub my misses into playing some board games and card games once in a while. No way. <laughs>
0: yeah. See, my, mine will not indulge the hobby in any way whatsoever. <laughs>
1: I don't really blame her, to be I'm
0: surrounded I by like... I'm surrounded by games, and I live with two women who just refuse to play them. And just go, you know, shut up, geek. <laughs> yeah. So well,
1: we were talking about me popping around and, and playing AD and D,
0: weren't we, for a well, while? Yeah, we got mate. Well, now that lockdown's going to come to a halt, we'll be having a game in summer. So you've got to come, got to come down, like You can crash down here, man.
1: I, I to be fair, let's do it because I would, I would love to. Um, it so for me, I remember. In school, like, uh no, I'm a so I'm a bit younger than you. I'm 44 now. Yeah. So I was born in 77. You know, yeah, punk was born and Elvis died. So a good year, <laughs> or, not a good year. year. <laughs>
0: not enough for Elvis, yeah. like, but you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I remember going to sc- when I went to see comprehensive, went to secondary school. Yeah. There were no it. it the big thing was rape, you know. All the kids were, uh, were talking about taking psychedelic drugs and they were into all this yeah. like, jungle and all the rest of it. I have always been a real contrarian fucker. So I...
0: No, you I'm don't say me. Ahead. No, you yeah, contrarian. What? <laughs> <them all>. Never. <laughs> Fuck.
1: And, I, and there, were no, there were no rockers or metalers around. And um, I kind of got myself into, into heavy metal, you know, via Motorhead. I yeah. maiden. Guns and Roses at the time. And um, I got picked on mercilessly for being a sweaty fucker all through school. Um, and, you know, being into role playing games and all this. And, you know, like, all, you know. Uh, and in those days, the only people with tattoos were sort of metalheads and, and rockers, really. Yeah. And of course, now, uh, especially as now I've got a beard, um, grey in hair, and I ride a lot of motorbikes. <laughs> Um, I fit the uh, the hipster mould. You, <laughs> you are
0: you are like you know the the picture the picture of the hipster. When you look at the picture in the dictionary, there's Buffy looking back a cafe meeting. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's come as a shock because I still feel like we're back in you know school and TJs and uh, it, the the thing that killed me was that all these people used to pick on me and now you know and then we, we started going to TJs and, yeah. know, where it was actually cool to for you to have your own interests, and to be into things yourself. Yeah. And um, one of those things that became really hard like, to come to terms with was being a complete outsider in school um, and then being cool as fuck instantly. That, you know, like, even right. just the next day when I start, you know, I got to sort of 18 and, I mean, I had to go to the whole boys' school for my A-levels. Right. Odd. But um, <laughs> which, was a, which was a culture shock. That's an experience in itself, eh? Hey? Uh, well, yeah, I, my grandmother died and she wanted me to be private educated, so I ended up doing my A-levels.
0: Mate, well, don't, don't apologise for it, you know what I mean? It's just, well, it's if you have that opportunity, you take it with both know. hands, you don't apologise or anything like that. You, you, No, seriously, man, it's just, it's just I'm sick of people making everybody else apologise for getting something in their life or, or doing well at something or excelling at something or having an opportunity. That shouldn't be the case, you should be lifting your friends up, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so I completely agree. And that, and that's something I think the, you know, the black community is really very good at, celebrating yeah. people who succeed. But, uh, yeah, so I ended up um, not being in girls because I was far too shy. Right. And then when I realised that they existed, they packed me off to a boys' <laughs> school. <laughs> and I had to cut all my hair off and wear suits to school. And all. I was like, oh, my God. So that's where punk came from. It was a complete rebellion. And again, oh, I was not going to do that. And, so then, yeah, and then uh, obviously you and I met when uh, I was in a I was in a band called in the ship. Yeah, and uh, and I, I don't know if you remember, but I guess you were probably younger than all the guys who was in the band with you. Know they're all in their fifties now.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm a um, bit younger than Flid. um yeah, yeah, he's like two years older than me, three years older than me, maybe.
1: Yeah, so he was a he was a singer, and I, I I speak to him occasionally, but he's. He's, it's hard work sort of like like um, getting hold of him. He, he, he interacts on his own terms.
0: Well, he lives um, on, a, on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, doesn't he? It's like living the dream.
1: Yeah, he does. <laughs> I've been there once, uh, which is a bit of a shame because we were, we were really good friends, but actually a lot of my friends from that era, you know, like, I was really good mates with, do you remember a guy called Claudio Rabenstein or Fibs? Yeah. Yeah, so he's the, my eccentric millionaire friend. So we, uh, his his dad was a V2 rocket scientist. and um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, on his deathbed, he, he told him, he said, you know, Claudio, you need to find out what happened to your grandparents. You know, they disappeared and you need to go and find them. And so he, he, he was sort of talking to me about it. And I, you know, I was like, well, mate, what, what do you think happened? he said, well, I think the, you know, I think the regime took them, so yeah. it, you know, the Nazis. So, well, you know, he didn't have any money or anything, so there was no chance of, you know, going and investigating personally. So I was like, well, why didn't you want to a bunch of TV companies and magazines to see if anyone wants to get a story out of it? And lo and behold, he's an animator, a struggling anime artist, and animator. And um, we went off, uh, a TV production company picked up a story and we went off with this three-girl production team And drove in his old Volvo all around Germany, from all the Bundesarchives and lots of the camps. Um, um, It was was put out on Channel 4, um, and it was absolutely harrowing. You know, the only – I was the only English speaker for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, And we had all these – you know, the only things I had to read were um, Survivors Accounts of the Holocaust. And we were allowed to stay after dark in, in camps. And it, it was really, really harrowing. Um, but he was really lucky. And uh, I remember having a conversation with him and he was like, Buffy, no, you stay here. I'm going to be filthy rich. And I was like, mate, I'm, I'm literally down to my last 20 quid, which is enough for a, a very cheap bus ride home. And that's me. And uh, I remember getting back to the new fort and um, he ran me off. and, He'd, he'd managed to find the records from his grandparents um, at the records in the records that survived Auschwitz. So they'd been carted off and gotten rid of. Um, and he doesn't know why exactly, but uh, his granddad was a cavalry general and his grandmother was a portrait artist of some renown.
0: Probably and speaking they had,
1: of- they, were the von, they were landed gentry, so they had all these castles. And, um, and, you know, all of a sudden my thinking crazy pump mate fibs is now a multi-millionaire so he he, he approached the swiss banks lawyer up and they basically said you know you've got us banked to rights yeah you're absolutely right you're of on Rabenstein. you're the eldest son trouble is all of this has been bought and sold several times since
3: and nobody including us knows what will happen if this goes to court right
1: how about we just give you I think it was £26 million worth of reparations. Good God. I know. And so I, I then ended up living in the middle of the Hearts Mountains in this old church. Um, it was an asylum for for kids. And uh, it was absolutely, again, it was absolutely frightening. Uh, we had one wing that was sort of decorated and had furniture in it, and the rest of it was just completely empty and echoey. And uh, I, I moved in with him, and I think I spent six months over the winter in the middle of the Hearts. Um, and decided I couldn't live precariously off my my, uh, my millionaire mate anymore. <laughs> I
0: came back to the UK and just basically went, ah, fuck it, I'll join the army. <laughs> well, that's would like, it was weird, because, like, one day you're in TJ's, right, and then the next, yeah, yeah. you're not there for a while, and then it cursed me. So I said to Flit, where's he gone then? Where's Buff? Oh, he joined the army. Motherfucker never told me. You know, he just <laughs> fucking disappears, like, ups and goes. I mean, good choice, like good career, man. I'm a fuck, you know.
1: I, I, it, it was one of those funny ones. It, it, like that was quite formative in that decision-making that process because I, I kind of got to the point where it's like, I think sometimes you have to be stand up and be counted about some of the things that you believe in. And yeah. I think these, you know, we, we we live in a world that's going through a genocide now. And right. Yeah. You know, I, I personally think you know a lot of the problems we think we've got in the West. Really, not that big on the grand scale of things. <laughs> not, you know, yeah. you know um, but it. I mean, what was it like? I got properly excommunicated from the punks, in as you can imagine, and you know who your real friends are. Yeah, but you and got, th- you, got when you do something that people are not. Into, you, got, you got excommunicated
0: you know? by the people who didn't give a shit about anything else apart from their own point of view. Right? It's like when I say to people, oh, when I was 18, I was outside <coughs> well, well, to join the Paris, right? And the only thing that stopped yeah. me was I broke my back when I was 16. And they pulled medical records and I didn't get in. Right? I was one flight away when I was 19 from joining the IDF. You you say that to anybody in the punk scene, they go nuts. You know? Because yeah. they don't get it. And it's, it's not about... Um, conform which i think its about fighting for people who can't fight for themselves and doing something worthwhile and different. You know, um, well,
1: for, well, for me, you know, like we we from South Wales, and yeah. it, it's not it, it, there's not a lot there. I mean, you know, I was yeah. working on building sites. um I did go and get. I mean, I went and got a degree, right? Basically, because I didn't want to work in a factory. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do?
0: Well, Start yeah, it. exactly. What are our choices? You know, I mean, we, we are.
1: Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, coming out the other end of the degree, I got first class honours degree. Yeah. And, the, the, and got out during the millennium, you know, when the millennium bug had just, you know, flooded, it flooded away into nothing. And there was no work anywhere. I think the first job I got was like 13 and a half grand a year. And it was, it's just peanuts. You know, it's what you pay unskilledly sort of wages. And yeah. you're like, I've got to get out of it, really. This is just not working. But um, it, it, it's interesting even now because I think people – I still talk to people from from that sort of – from that era and that, that life I had. Right. And, you know, they look at me and they sometimes think, oh, well, you know, you're completely different now and you've done different stuff. But the truth was, I, in a lot of ways, I didn't fit in in the Army because – I'd had all these other experiences. I didn't go in as some fresh-faced second lieutenant. I, I'd had a life beforehand, and I, I could relate to the soldiers really well. Um, and it was a bit of a rocky. I don't know. It's I, I had. a... was doing very well, which came as a massive surprise to me. Um, because you, you always have that, oh, I'm, you know, that um, imposter syndrome. You know? yeah, yeah, I'm sort of like I'm. I'm an imposter to this world. I've, I've come from South Wales and loads of people with piercings and tattoos all over them. And uh, it, w- what came as a surprise, because one of the other things I'm a real geek about is military history. I just love reading military history, especially right. the Second World War. I mean, I, I know you, uh,
0: you love tanks big time. I, 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 yeah,
1: so I mean, you know, like if you come to my place, you'll you'll see lots of Star Wars stuff everywhere. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of le- well, Lego like the Polish Lego called Kobe, and they do all these uh, Second World War tanks and planes. So I've got Panzers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the, little bit, the little men, you know, really dodgy.
0: But that's that's uh, the thing. Uh, I think punk rock prepares us for, you know, to to land on our feet and do anything what we can we can because we, we come from a DIY, DIY culture that teaches us we've got to yeah. do it for ourselves. That's what we took to heart, and that's what we do, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, what killed me about that the whole military experience was that, for me, it was really quite similar to my punk experience, because, right. well, in the face of it, you look, well, they're completely different people. And, yeah, okay, they have differences of opinion and cultural differences. But, basically, they all dress fucking stupid and think the sunshine's out of their arse, and they drink too much. <laughs> And you're like, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's, that that <laughs> sounds kind of familiar to me. Uh, what, 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 <laughs>
1: yeah, I've been been in this situation before. Yeah. yeah. And they, and there's a hierarchy, you know, and, and yeah. All that. So um, I did eventually. Like, I mean, I only I did have, oh, about six and a half years, hmm. and actually left to get married, and then and then decided we decided we couldn't stand each other. She was a navy dentist, so we didn't see a lot of each other before we got. <laughs> but uh, it. it it was a bit of a shame because at that point I
3: done really well had then rubbed up against incompetency in the in you know in my superiors yeah, and
1: that's where I really started to fall over because I think you get a real sometimes you have a real clear decision to make whether or not you want to be a successful officer or a good officer right and there was no way I was going to you know I'd only join the army to enjoy it. I didn't want to be a general <laughs> the fucking point. So you know, it was like for me, it was no decision at all. I want to be good. I don't want to be successful. Right. And I got properly screwed over whilst get getting given all the work to do. So it was completely obvious to me. I'm not stupid. That's what they were doing. You don't give idiots work to do because they fuck it up. Right. So it, I kind of like went to my third job, and um, in order to keep me in the military, they, they, they actually they basically said, I went, I went to the headquarters, the signals, so I was in the war Corps Signals, and uh, they, they said, look, we need guys like you in the Army. You decide what job you want, you, you can have it. And the only job that would have kept me in was going to be the SAS Signal Support Regiment, there's 18 SIGs. And uh, so there was a job there for the adjutant, and they offered me that. Nice. But I just thought, what well, you know, is this really how you want the rest of your life to pan out? You know, are you lucky enough to be working with the right people at the right time or not? Because it it can be a real pain in the ass if you're if you're stuck somewhere with people you really don't like or respect, and they're making it happen, your life hell. Yeah, you can't do anything about it. You've got to you just got to turn to the right and crack on, and it can be it can be pretty difficult. But on the plus side, you know, I got out and I actually started my own business in 2012, which is doing well. Um, and what's been Good about it is
0: that all the best people I knew from my from my military career have now given jobs too, so it was a bit of a double whammy. And that, yeah, that's, I mean, I I know how well you do it, mate, because I've seen the cars. I I saw the charger. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, i was yeah, my dream car, yeah. dude. Well, I admit I'm getting kids,
1: so it's like I've just got
0: a dog. Well, you know that that that, that 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 that's your baby. I mean, I you know I've, I've got yeah, the worst like daughter, dog, cat. Well, I tend really to have
1: sort of like. Midget help, and I'm going to paint them orange and put wigs on them and get the screen around <laughs> <all> over <those
0: things. laughs> Oh, so you live like your Willy Wonka fancy now?
1: Oh, the Pit of had of tiny feet. There's nothing like having a midget for a butler, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? But the, the thing, the thing that
0: I was amazed by is you still, you still play music. You know, music has been a constant yeah. in your life.
1: Pretty much, it, it took a it took a big back seat when I was in, but hmm. then. You know, I had, I had something like 32 changes of address in a 12 year period. It was pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, I got out and, um, joined a sort of like, well, I would say I was going to a lot of psychobilly gigs, but we were really sort of dark rockabilly, punk rockabilly, that kind of, I would say it was more that kind of thing. It was very tuneful, a band called Deadbeat Deluxe. And, uh, and at that point I decided that I really needed to learn how to play my instrument, the bass, um, Rather than just you know turn it up and uh, and enjoy it and <laughs> play you know like two strings, yeah. so uh, I I actually taught myself how to play properly you know walking bass lines and that I I don't know how long I did that for I guess about eight years and really enjoyed it but uh, it came to sort of natural end and COVID kind of put put pay to that but um, yeah I've I've now just started a new band. Yes, and it's kind of nice because it's now people I've actually met through work who I get on with brilliantly because I actually admit, like that imposter syndrome thing, it's like, you know. It lasts,
0: like, it lasts a really lifetime, though.
1: Like
0: it lasts a lifetime, Sorry, though. So it, imposter syndrome lasts a lifetime. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You always think, I shouldn't be here, you know.
1: I, I think sometimes you just got to – you're right, it doesn't go away, but you. for me, mm-hmm. I've sort of gone – It's actually a bit of a bonus. It's kind of cool to to feel like you're a bit different sometimes. And I think once you start looking at it like that, it 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 eases off a bit. And then, you know, then you end up meeting people who really like you, you've got the same (laughs) taste in music, and you know, are musicians and have gone through similar you know, gone through the army and stuff as well. So um I met a front man of my band, so we, we started a new band which is sort of like dark western Southern goth rock. See,
0: Um, the stuff you said, you you, you asked which song is a single. I I can't tell you. I cannot tell you, mate. I've
1: I've gone around asking people for some help because we were really struggling. So I guess my, I've always liked bands like The Cult and The Sisters. Yeah. Sisters and Mercy, that is. um, And that's come across in a lot of the music I've written because it's kind of dark. Um, And the guitarist, James... Into similar stuff, probably got a more metally and definitely a more sort of country and western background. And he's writing stuff which is probably much more mass commercial. Uh, and then we've got another guitarist Ian. Uh, again, an ex-army guy, very clever in into cyber security. And um, he, I guess, his background is more metally, but it's they've been the best musicians I've ever played with. Um, and I think, you know, when you f- you can feel... I mean, like, for instance, we, we've got over two albums worth of material written right. straight away, which is, like, crazy, you know. But you just can't help writing stuff. And the response we've had, I mean, we, we're looking to put an EP out pretty shortly and do a video and that kind of thing. And, so have you got
0: a label um, for that EP?
1: no 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 it, it's all diy i mean it's so diy we're recording it in our own studio um <laughs> the, you know the family are doing yeah, the logos yeah. and the video and all that it really is know, so in that sense it's still proper punk but um i i it just the, the response you know and you'll get it you'll understand what i mean you know you can give people stuff and you know friends and family have got nothing to do with the, the genre or anything like that and you get a bit lukewarm, or yeah, that's cool. But we've we've had such a, you know, such an overwhelmingly positive response. I now can't help but think that I'm probably gonna have a go and see where it ends up. you uh, well, you got? You got him, mate. Just for shits and giggles. You got it. why I mean, Not. I mean, you, you know, I rather than always window or if I'd have taken it a bit more seriously, we would have managed them. Um, I'll give it a go. You know, and if you fail, solid at least you've given it a go.
0: Yeah, um, how was trying. It's like we put Charlie's back together after twenty five years. of... <laughs> Really I, well. Yeah, I
1: noticed.
0: Yeah. Fucking hell. And it's literally like you walk, in, you walk in the rehearsal room and it's like, okay, we haven't been away from each other. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just you pick up where you left off except everyone's just fatter. <laughs> fatter
1: and bolder, and yeah. greyer.
0: Oh, yeah. And nobody's knees work. Yeah, I
1: resemble that Yeah.
0: So uh, if people want to check out the we, band, put- where are they going to listen to it, Buff? Well,
1: we, we're going to put it on Spotify. Um, right. And I'll be I'll be sending you that link. So it's the Black Art Drifters. Um, yeah, it's going to be out on Spotify. We're going to be we're going to be doing vinyl um, t-shirts and you know all the usual merch. And uh, we're aiming to do, we're aiming to start gigging as well. Um, but you know we sort of we're still in, in the, the arse end of uh, COVID and yeah things. things well, take time <laughs> and all that,
0: well yeah. Sam will put you on in the pub. Mate. You know you know that for a fact, right? Because. She's one of those people who, won't, yes. you know, who never turns their back on anybody because, you know, yeah, mates for so life, like.
1: Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be doing that. And uh, it's funny how Newport has, has ended up being quite musical again, you know. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of places. Like, personally, I'm, I'm always amazed in a bad way of, of how poor the music scene in London is, considering how big a place it is.
0: Yeah, well, London sucks. Um, the best thing about London is the road that mate. I can't stand London. I can't stand being <laughs> in the place. I really well, can't. I like. just
1: like, what is it, 10 million people in British London? And, you know, the, the stuff I would want to go and see is, I mean, they, you know, bands I want to see do play there. Yeah. It, it's not every, every day and kind of, you know, like even probably like 20 years ago, it would have been every night there was something good happening. So I don't, yeah. I don't really know
0: what's happening to live music, but I don't think everybody else does you? Bristol's a better city for music than London ever was, I, I think. think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, i got more kids in Bristol. Apart apart from, like, um, you know, the punks who kind of can't get up when they fall down, like, because you all see them. <laughs> They're
1: still on the floor.
0: Uh, the side yeah. punks, oh my good grief. So many, so many, <laughs> like, Terrifying experiences when you're 16 and you see like all well, these hydropunks who cannot get up and literally just lie there and piss themselves. I, I, you know, that was that's the kind of shit that haunts your dreams 30 odd years later.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, and for the, <laughs> for the grace of God, I would have been there as well, right? Is there, yeah. yeah, probably the, the other option. Yeah. I don't know how we
1: avoided it, maybe we managed to. Get, we
0: managed to somehow. <laughs> I don't even like cider anymore. Oh, um, <laughs> I do, I do, oh mate. Okay. Uh, we do we yeah, do a side yeah. a road trip. I'll pick you up on them for the next one, and it's just literally head into um, Somerset, go around side the farms, pick a load up, and just get battered. And it's it's a pretty good day out. Keeps very fun. Well, that, that exactly that's exactly what it is. Well, I'm yeah. going to leave you, Go Buff, because yeah. mate, it's been a pleasure as always talking to you. And this is going to yeah, go on a pod. This, on, this this is going to go on our podcast, and you shall be hearing it soon.
1: Excellent. So if, I you have, and,
0: uh, if you have something to take, say to all the kids, say it now. Speak to our friend, hold your peace. Keep, mate, keep
1: rocking. It ain't about what you look like, it's about what you're listening to and how uh, you're
0: enjoying it. And, it uh, is, bud. I think we're living proof of that, mate. <laughs> Just about, <laughs> as we both, well, i got to reach the half century before you, but we're both getting there, buddy, you know? Yeah, yeah. It may have a...
1: been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute
1: breaking. <laughs> is this
0: is not fun <laughs> I want a new body uh, it's an absolute pleasure Buff I'll speak to you soon bro. all right
1: all the best nice Thank
0: one you. cheers buddy ta-da, cheers, ta-da. right, right then, folks that's it for another episode of Geek-Arama. Uh tune in next time same geek channel same geek time woohoo ta-ta